0: Author David Foster Wallace told the story of two young fish swimming along when they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way, who nods at them and says, Good morning, boys. How's the water? The two young fish swim on for a bit, and and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, What in the world is water? I think that is a pretty good image for how we often relate to God. There are times when we might think of God as a being, you know, out there somewhere, outside ourselves. And to be sure, there are many biblical images that support that image of God. But then we come to today, Trinity Sunday, when we remember that the work of the Holy Spirit is not out there, distant from us, but is as close to us as the air we breathe. That's a valid image for God, too. Just like water is to fish, like air is to humans, God is all around us and within us, invisible but active, imperceptible but very, very real. And the compelling questions for us today are these. What difference does the Holy Spirit make in our lives? And if we believe in the Trinity, what difference should that make in the way we live? How does that belief shape our behavior. Our scripture reading today contains the most concise teaching that Jesus ever gave on the Holy Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity are in this passage in fact. God the Son says that he and God the Father are intimately related without distinction or separation, but it's the third person of the Trinity gets the most description here. Jesus introduces his disciples to the work and nature of the Holy Spirit. He promises them that after he leaves them and ascends into heaven, the Spirit would arrive and carry on the work of God in them and throughout the world. Now, notice in that moment, Jesus was not interested in explaining to the disciples how the Trinity exists. He isn't interested in working out the math, explaining how 1 plus 1 plus 1 could equal 1. Jesus is perfectly content to leave all of that as a mystery, perhaps to remind us that if we thought we understood everything about God, we'd probably conclude that we have no need for God. Besides, what Jesus is really interested in telling us is the difference the Holy Spirit can make in our lives. Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit does three essential things in our lives that we need to pay attention to. One The Holy Spirit shows us what is wrong. Two, the Holy Spirit shows us what is right. And three, the Holy Spirit shows us how to live together. First, the Spirit tells us what's wrong. Now, obviously, we don't need much help identifying what's wrong in the world, at least on the surface. We can read the headlines. We can diagnose the social illnesses, We can sense the brokenness in our communities and in our world. And we don't need much help identifying what's wrong in our lives either. The feelings of guilt, shame, loss, and anger that mark our souls and our relationships. But the Holy Spirit helps us see what is wrong with the world and in our lives below the surface, beneath the obvious, and identifies the sin that is the root cause of so much brokenness. Holy Spirit reminds us that so many of the problems of the world are first and foremost a spiritual issue. And the Spirit pulls back all of the moral and social and economic and political problems in the world to show us the problems in the human heart. A failure to love, a failure to serve, a failure to be humble, and a failure to live out the image of God that is inside each one of us. But second, the Holy Spirit does not just convict us of sin. The Holy Spirit also shows us what is right by constantly pointing us toward Jesus. In John 16, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit, quote, will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit does not just point out your sin. The Spirit also points you to Jesus The Holy Spirit is always there to show you the better way, the better alternative, the better choice, so that you can become more and more like Jesus every day. John Wesley was fond of asking fellow Christians, are you more like Jesus today than you were yesterday? That's the work of the Holy Spirit, not just to point out sin, evil, and injustice, but to offer us grace and forgiveness and hope in the name of Jesus Christ. But there's one more thing Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit does for us, not just to point out what's wrong and to point to what's right. The Spirit shows us how to live together as one. Throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit rarely works just in individual lives. Whenever the Holy Spirit is mentioned, it is working in a community of people to help them grow deeper together in their commitment to Jesus, to help them widen their reach to welcome new people into their fellowship and to unite them together in common purpose and love. That's what the Spirit does. It deepens, it widens, and unites us together. And that brings us back to the question, if we believe in the Trinity, what difference should that make in how we live? And the answer is found in the word relationships. If there's anything we know about the Trinity, it is that the essence of God is relational, even within the Godhead. C.S. Lewis said, The words, God is love, have no real meaning unless God contains at least two persons. Love is something that one person has for another person. And if God were a single person, he said, then before the world was made, he was not love. That means that God exists to be in relationship and and shows us how to be in healthy relationships with one another. It's interesting that when the early church thinkers began searching for some metaphor to describe the Trinity, they didn't choose any of the popular ones that we use today. They, They didn't describe God as water, ice, and steam. They didn't describe God as an egg or a shamrock. Instead, the most prevalent metaphor in early church history to describe the Trinity was a dance. One movement, three partners. Three dancers, one activity. All of them working in perfect sync, following each other's lead to create one unified action of beauty and harmony. And if we are created in the same image of the Trinitarian God, then we too are created to be in harmony with one another, just like a perfect dance. Years ago, living in Cherokee, Iowa, my daughters and I enjoyed being involved in local community theater. The Cherokee community theater was a source of great joy for the three of us. Not long after we moved up there, one of the directors approached me in private and asked me rather coyly, "Um, McGray? We have always wanted to put on the show King and I, and then you and your daughter showed up. So I was cast in the lead role of King Monkut without an audition. We spent many months in rehearsal and and things were going very well. We had finished blocking nearly the entire show. I had most of my lines memorized. I just about had my featured solo down. All that was left was to learn the dance scene. For those of you who have seen Yul Brenner and Deborah Kerr's timeless film, you know that the pinnacle of the musical King and I is King Mongkut and Anna Leonowen's grand, glorious number, Shall We Dance? The King and Anna hold each other close, her, her dress billowing with every spin, his bare feet gliding across the floor. It is it's the iconic highlight of the whole show. Well, one Tuesday night, we tried out the dance for the first time. The actress playing Anna and I received a crash course in choreography and attempted our first dance steps on stage. How can I describe what happened? Um, Do you remember that scene in Return of the Jedi in the palace of Jabba the Hutt, where Jabba is thumping his tail to the music and wiggling his jerky arms? I made Jabba look like Fred Astaire, and Jabba doesn't even have legs. I discovered pretty quickly that I am to dancing what a tree stump is to dancing. The director told me, Gray, if you were a gazelle, the lion would have eaten you by now. It's one thing to believe that the Trinity is a dance, that the three persons of the Godhead are in perfect choreography with one another, but it's quite another to let that belief shape our behavior, to learn to dance in harmony with everyone around us. But if we are made in the image of God, we are designed to be in loving, generous relationships with one another, to learn to dance with each other. But who is there to help us? Who is there to teach us the dance steps with one another? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps us to learn to love each other, to learn how to forgive, to learn how to bridge our differences and work together rather than pull us apart. The Spirit shows us what's wrong and shows us what's right, shows us the dance steps we get wrong and which dance steps to try the next time so that ultimately the Spirit shows us how to dance together. Over time, I did get better on stage Even two nights later, after our first rehearsal, the dancing did get a little better. Grace told me, Dad, you looked less like a walrus tonight. Thanks, Grace. I guess if my dancing were being graded on the Animal Kingdom scale, I could go from walrus to maybe manatee, and then caribou, kangaroo, dolphin, and hopefully swan. I'm pretty sure I never made it to swan. But come opening night, I was at least able to... To do this. Now if I could figure out how to do that on stage without tripping all over myself, how much more can the Holy Spirit teach each of us how to dance in beautiful and healthy relationships with one another? The Holy Spirit is with us, as close to us as water is to a fish, to point out the steps we get wrong, the movements that cause harm, and the Spirit shows us what's right, the steps to take to offer forgiveness and reconciliation and love. And the Holy Spirit shows us how to dance together with one another in the image of a Trinitarian God. Let us pray. God, thank you for your love, which draws us into relationship with you and with one another. Thank you for being our creator, our redeemer, and our companion. You made us in your image to reflect your love. So strengthen us each day. Guide our steps away from sin and and toward that which is holy, making us one with you and one with each other. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.